0: Welcome to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast in association with Number One Copper Pot Credit Union. Hello again and welcome to the latest edition of the Cheshire Police Federation podcast, now in its third season and still committed to tackling issues that matter most to officers. And this episode is going to be no different. The Emergency Services Peer Community is a new initiative to be launched imminently, which will aspire to help emergency service workers, including police officers of course, better understand their own mental health and that of their colleagues. I'm your host, Andrew Simpson, and shortly you'll hear the familiar voice of Dan Lever, the branch's wellbeing and equality lead, who will tell us about the part that he's played as his project has developed. Also joining us today remotely is Tim Rushmere, co-founder of Elios Partnership, which has created this online space where members can seek support from others who understand what they're going through. Uh, Welcome both. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, good
0: to be here guys. How are you doing Dan? I'm good, thanks Andy, you? Really well, really well. So let's uh, get straight into it then. Now, I'm certain that my introduction has served only to scratch the surface of what the emergency service per community is about. And our conversation now is intended to provide the substance. Before I ask you to explain how we got to this point, let's start in the here and now. Tim, the launch date is almost here. What response are you hoping for?
1: Well, I think we'd probably expect, you know, a gradual response like all these things. You uh, you get overexcited, don't you? And then uh, you, don't, you don't want a damp squib type re- response. But um, I think it's been really positive so far. You know, the sort of the profile of the people uh, that we're having already applied to join the group and are in the group is really wide ranging. We've got rank range. We've got different specialisms, different backgrounds. Uh, we've got people from various um, police facing and fire facing communities. Uh all uh, uniquely the same in that they're committed to serving something beyond themselves uh, and giving to others and supporting others.
0: Same question to you, Dan. What are you hoping the response will be early on?
2: Very similar to Tim, really. I think um, what we don't do is get our hopes up too soon. Um, It's gonna be a gradual thing. Um, but, But like Tim said there, I think one of the key the key observation so far is the it, is it different types of people okay. who are joining him and i think that's really important with regards to the 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 gradual and continued success that we're hoping to offer them.
0: okay like i said for, for the remainder of, of part one i'd like to learn a little bit more about the motivation to to form this community so i'll come back to you tim first um can you tell us how the idea has been developed from inception
1: um yeah i mean i think part of this it, it probably from a selfish perspective it goes right back to my personal story like very very quick version of it okay. um i was uh, i was an army officer in the artillery um in commando and, and airborne artillery units um and as my experiences that i, I frankly didn't have the language uh, really to understand and just ignored for 10 years okay. um on reflection i i really degraded over a ten-year period. And then fell over in a very big way and was diagnosed with sort of complex PTSD, chronic depression, alcohol disorder and bipolar disorder six months later. And It really changed my life. And, and, and I just reflected back on that experience and can now objectively realise that it was all avoidable. If we had the language, the right people around us, the right education, um, you know, we were connecting around this subject. Um, I'm sure that there are many more people like me across the emergency services Um, who had opportunities to be better supported and get ahead of this stuff rather than, you know, let it affect them and then owning it through life. Um, So in terms of the community, really, it's the the coming together of, you know, those sorts of experiences and recognising that, you know, a lot of us have relatable experiences, relatable stories. We have the the capability to support each other. And um, having come from a military background and and worked, you know, in support of fire um, and police, you know, personnel over the last couple of years, I realised that there are, there are a lot of opportunities right. uh, for those organisations and the people in them to learn from each other and share best practice. So the, so really, that's the genesis of, of the, um, the community.
0: Are we aware of whether anything similar like this has been attempted previously?
1: Well, I, I'll be honest, you know, our research into whether this sort of thing existed wasn't particularly deep. Okay. Um, but we haven't come across anything like this, where people from across... To start with, police and fire, and then ambulance and the military later on, have got the opportunity to come together. In, in, in a sense, you know, we're inviting pioneers to come in and and share, you know, their experiences, what has worked, what hasn't worked, what could work, you know, what are the evolving trends, you know, what from a bottom up perspective, yeah, uh, can people contribute to, and and you know, where does leadership play a part? So, so all those things are factors, but we haven't seen anything like it, you know, uh, to date. That's that's. That's
0: my view. Okay. Uh, so, Dan, tell us kind of where you came in when you first became aware of, of what Tim was working on. How do you come to be involved?
2: Yeah, so um, myself and Tim made each other um, last September, the Emergency Services Show. Uh, I had a real good yeah. chat about mental health in general, particularly the, the, the products that uh, Elios provide. And it, I think it was clear from, from that, very first conversation, very first conversation that we had that we had a shared uh, understanding, a shared passion for, for mental health uh, in, in general, uh, both from our own experiences and seeing others suffer as well. Um, so the, the relationship was kind of, was kind of set up then. Um, okay. It was a little while later when Tim contacts me um, to discuss the idea of the of, of the peer community. And it was an absolute no brainer for me. Right. Um, I'd seen firsthand what uh, Tim uh, was trying to achieve uh, with regards to mental health. And this was a fantastic opportunity, um, certainly across the emergency services to, to put something like this in place. And I actually asked him there, it, it, what else is there out there that's like this? It's nothing like this. Right. Yeah. Uh, certainly not that I'm aware of. Um, there are peer support groups. But the to have a peer support group that covers the, the main emergency services it is unique and is a fantastic opportunity and one where I'd, I do genuinely believe, certainly from the conversation himself and Tim have had and, and Paul Sykes as well, who's, who's obviously been heavily involved, there's so much that can be done with this uh, for the better.
0: Is that the main thing that kind of piqued your interest then, that it was something genuinely innovative?
2: Yeah, definitely, that was a big part, part of it. I mean, I'm, I'm a big supporter, and I always have been, uh, of peer support, peer conversations, because particularly in emergency services and for us in policing, because I think a lot of doors that are opened up to for people to get support with regards to mental health come from sometimes an off-the-cuff conversation with someone who's been through a similar experience. Sure. We, we've got so many clinical services that we can call call upon to provide support, practically, but peer support for me is not enough done with it, and this, like I've said a couple of times, there presents an absolute huge opportunity to do some good.
0: I'm going to come come back on that, but before I do, obviously you've um, on several episodes of this podcast introduced and talked about different places that people can seek support. So my next question is kind of where does the Chester Police Federation hope that the peer community fits in with the other kind of preventative and reactive work that you do with with members where is it going to slot in
2: i think i think the way i see it is almost like almost like a glue between between what we've already got in place because i think like i just touched on there sometimes the conversation that you can have with people through peer support can open the doors to getting clinical support and sometimes that's all it needs people who've had clinical support may find great, strength in coming back to a peer support group to talk to colleagues, like-minded people with similar experiences, to continue on that on, on, with their own resilience build-up, if you like, their, share their own experiences. And I think that that's another key aspect to this, that this is about people sharing experiences, good and bad, uh, from, from different uh, public sectors in emergency services and learning from each other. Yeah. And this is the only way we can properly do that think there's nothing else that that covers that that area if you like to share that knowledge amongst those types of people so it covers everything that we're already trying to trying to embed in cheshire uh, federation with regards to well-being and more
0: now i'm interested to discuss a little bit further kind of emergency services and mental health in general before in part two we talk about how the peer community is going to look and work in practice um, you kind of touched on this already, but I'll, I'll ask. The, I'll ask the question, Tim. Um, do the different emergency services talk to each other enough on this subject? The answer might be they don't talk to each other at all. But
1: uh, yeah, it's interesting because I'm I spoken I speaking to both, you know, Dan and, and others in the police community, and and you know, uh, equivalent brothers and sisters in the fire community. Um, and I see this in the military, and I know it's probably getting worse. For obvious reasons, people like to create offers and services around their sense of identity, which completely makes sense. So, i.e., uh, sorry, um, Cheshire Police Federation, um, 2 9 Commando Regiment. And so, okay. what you end up naturally um, in response to that, that we can completely understand, is you end up with siloed efforts. Sure. Now, sometimes siloed effort to reinforce um, a sense of identity and connection is exactly what's needed. But what that tends to do is then um, pull the blinkers over people's eyes in whatever emergency service it is. And then, you know, collaboration between forces, between fire and rescue services, between battalions and regiments in the military, between NHS trusts, it doesn't, it doesn't really seem to happen. And that's why I think, you know, this is really an opportunity um, to date that's not been taken. I don't know what you think about that, Dan, but I think identity is, you know, actually a barrier as much as we think it's, a you know, a benefit.
2: Yeah. Massively, and I think, like you say, there, Tim, identity is huge. It is, but I've always been quite a big critic, particularly in policing, where us in policing think we can solve everything on our own, um, not just for, with wellbeing, not just with mental health, with everything, um, and I, I'm guessing it's probably the same with, with many of the other services, um, that that, that can't be the way forward, can it? it, it we we no. need to learn from from other people who who've got good ideas, no matter what industry they're in. To be fair. particularly amongst emergency services and again this presents just a massive opportunity to make those links better to improve those links to improve the relations between us fire ambulance eventually Uh, whoever else may come on board at some point and share those ideas and that can never be a bad thing no and uh, while no two jobs are the same and and i don't want people kind
0: of screaming as listening to this that you know A firefighter can't possibly know what it's like to be a police officer or or, or a paramedic that isn't what we're saying um but the but the next question kind of you know what do you think some of the common challenges are because there will be some crossover when it comes to mental health tim do you want to kick off
1: on that yeah absolutely i mean i touched on one of them already and we we know you know dan and i've talked about this in a a general sense that if if people lack the reference points, the language, the common language, you know, any element of framework around, you know, an understanding of mental health and well-being, then it doesn't get you off to the best start. Because if we're yeah. going to be really brutally honest, we're existing in a place of ignorance at that stage. Um, and of course, you know, the, people's typical reaction to even hearing the term mental health is assuming it's negative. People close down. They assume it's complex. They they steer away from it. They think they're going to get themselves and potentially others in. In deeper trouble but you know what changed everything for me was was effectively reaching a couple of key insights and to and to generate those key insights at a personal level you have to have an open mind um so you know we always say that if someone personally needs support and help you shouldn't do stuff to them you shouldn't give them solutions you want to generate options you know only that person who wants a greater sense of control um and capacity uh, is the one who can ultimately select which option is best for them. So you know, it's really just an extension of what happens at the personal level. You know, at the organisational level, we need to just continue to recognise objectively that, um, you know, whether we are a singular organisation or part of a bigger organisation, um, having an open mind and being prepared to learn from others is quite the opposite of, you know, getting proud uh, about one's own efforts and, and you know, naturally then judging what's happening, you know, the other side of the fence. So, um, yeah, you, you get the idea. That's what I'm trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and, and d- just to move over back to you, Dan, it's not necessarily about lifting something that's, that's worked within uh, the firefighting community and kind of applying that in the policing community. That would seem quite crude, but you might be able to take elements of it and adapt it to something that can
2: help a, a police officer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's start off by saying mental mental health doesn't discriminate. It, sure, it affects yeah, everyone. Yeah, it doesn't it matter what job you yeah, do. It, check that, um, it, it affects everyone no matter who you are. And it, it's it's an important as we certainly at this period in time, it's a major, major um issue uh, amongst everyone. It it would never be about taking a whole products our whole solution from somewhere else and put it in place it's got to be right okay for a for the individual but also for the organization as well and we we can't lose sight of that it just occurred to me that actually you know here you're doing a podcast you're doing it to
1: get um build awareness you know get buy-in get more people join the conversation here you know hear new ideas open their minds you know community is just an extension of that type of mechanism you know we're just bringing um more people into this type of environment which of course is interactive um and, you know, we're, we're really, as an organisation, all about giving people opportunities to connect, um, find common ground, learn from each other. And, and I think, you know, podcast or community, you know, all of these things are going to be positive going forward. You know The more that we connect, the more we realise that actually what I thought was a complex mental health type conversation is actually just really talking about the importance of identity and purpose. You know, it starts to bring that sort of language into the narrative, which everyone can benefit from.
0: The Cheshire Police Federation's monthly podcast is sponsored by Number One Copperpot Credit Union, a not-for-profit organisation that offers financial services exclusively to the police family. It's free to join and provides access to savings, loans and mortgages, all directly from your payroll, making it easier to manage your money. Lots of members use Number One Copperpot to save for events such as Christmas or holidays, or simply to build a rainy day savings fund. To find out more or to apply to join, Visit numberonecopperpot.com. The second part of today's edition will be dedicated to how the emergency services peer community will function, and I'll ask Tim and Dan to talk about some of the things that are lined up in the coming weeks. But before I do, I'd like to conclude our discussion about the theory behind this initiative by uh, by asking the following. And we've Tim's queued this up in part one, really. But how important then is empathy? in this situation people who yes might have exactly the same job as you but they'll be in similar circumstances to you how important is that
1: yeah i mean i think from my perspective you know empathy is probably the basis of of everything here it's it's potentially part of the reason why people would would join the community um, it is you know a value and a quality in itself that we would probably expect to see in the people that, that apply to join the community Um, And and that suggests to me that it doesn't guarantee it, but that someone's going to come in with an open mind um, and they're open minded enough to recognise that whatever service or force someone works in, um, we, again, are uniquely the same. We can have some very low level or quite serious um, relatable experiences. Um, And so. If we can hear more of what others are going through or have experienced and critically, what lessons they have learned, um, the more the more that we're open to that, you know, potentially the, uh, the 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 smaller the gap between that person's current challenge and a potential way forward.
0: I mean, Dan, we, we, we talk often on on this podcast, We mentioned nearly every edition about policing being unique. It's like no like no other officers run towards danger for their job where ordinary people like me would be running in the other direction. Obviously there was you know, people who go and uh, tackle fires, people who go in an ambulance to to an incident to, to help people. So sticking with empathy, is it even more important when people are doing these jobs, which man on the street, me, don't really understand what it's like day to day to be a, a police officer, a firefighter, a paramedic. So is it even more important that empathy?
2: I think so. I think it's really important, and uh, yeah, each individual service will will have its own ways of dealing with these situations and ways of viewing them. Um, but it, it's so important to to have that empathy, that understanding of of a situation, of similar of similar situations to be in the emergency services. The emergency services we deal with the worst that society has to throw at us. Whether it's police, fire, ambulance, it, it really is. Um, a demanding and a tough job Um we can all sit there all day and argue about who deals in more danger and more trauma but the simple fact <laughs> yeah. of the matter is trauma affects everyone in those services and we know it does so em- empathy and, and an understanding is is really important it's like like uh, i mentioned earlier I, I, i'm a big believer that having that empathy opening those conversations like tim said there will lead on to further conversations with people and, and hopefully closing that gap on on the making progress with, with any, any issues they have, any, any mental health conditions they may have and it, it's, it's got to be seen as that stepping stone forward Okay Yeah.
1: Did you want to come back well, out there? I was just going to come back quickly, a couple yeah. of thoughts just sprang to mind so um, it just reminds me of a, a study that was done by King's College London, in, in, largely in the veteran community but something that was relevant to, um, to that community in terms of Sort of assumption and behavior that is to serving personnel and emergency services is this idea of help seeking behavior as it's described and so you know we look at barriers to help seeking behavior as, as things that need attention um but people having a sense of permission is a key enabling factor to initiate help seeking behavior if that makes yeah, sense sure. and so i think you know empathy really um you know there's a direct line between between empathy and the start of, of that type of um, help-seeking behaviour. I think the other thing for me is that um, in order to have capacity to be empathetic with other people, we need to have an, an awareness and that quality of empathy ourselves. Um, it's, it's normally how I really simplify what this is all about. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's about seeking to understand ourselves and each other better, but arguably if we're not on top of our own stuff, if we don't connect with what empathy is, then we're not able to serve others, whether that's peers, colleagues, the public, um, I just thought it was worth well mentioning
0: yeah definitely um, okay there is a page on the Elios partnership website dedicated to the peer community <laughs> and, and some of the things we'll cover next listeners will be able to, to read there if they, if they visit afterwards and we're going to point you in the direction of, of where to find that shortly but let's cover maybe some obvious questions um, about how this is going to work in practice once it's officially launched so um, who can join
1: so any serving member of the emergency service community. Um, we've principally um, made it most visible to police and fire communities at the moment, but okay. um, any serving member, yeah. How do they do so? So you can either search it up on LinkedIn directly, serves as peer community, and then there will just be a button to apply to join the yep. community, um, or you can um, go to that page on our website, eliospartnership.com, it serves as peer community. Apply to join via the button, uh, or indeed, if someone is a subscriber to our newsletter, I believe there's a hidden button somewhere in that that's uh, that newsletter as well. Is it free?
0: Yes. Importantly, people ask this. People ask that question. That is a fair question. <laughs> um, a more a kind of more serious uh, question, if, if that's the right way of putting it. C- can you just talk a little bit about confidentiality and kind of how you're going to manage that? Because there might be some people who haven't disclosed what they're going through to their line manager or their supervisor and their, yeah. but they, they may want to be uh kind of find out what the community's all about but maintain the fact that that they've not disclosed something in, in the workplace can you just touch on that
1: yeah absolutely i mean i mean, any environment that we do any of our work in um you know we we ultimately highlight how important confidentiality is and um and there'll be some ground rules in the group, you know, that ultimately um, anything that people choose to discuss in there remains in that group and doesn't go any further. Now, we've got to recognise that, you know, there are, as Dan said, there are a range of, uh, of people in there. Sure. Um, we, we are ultimately qualifying people in. So, um, you know, we're not necessarily picking and choosing. But of course, for the benefit of the community, if we're trying to guarantee it's a safe space, we want to make sure the right people are in there, you know, so... um. Uh, for example, you know, we've already been um, approached by a number of independent trainers and business owners, et cetera, who want in. We are saying no to them. You know, right. We have committed ourselves as a company. You know, there is not a place that we will be overtly selling. It is a place that we want to create an opportunity, as we've talked about, to share best practice and ideas as well as support people if they decide that's their safe space. Um, but also we are going to be routinely launching uh, a lot of relevant content in there. We think will be of value to people so we can serve the community effectively. But principally, it is designed to be a safe space. And anyone who compromises that sense of psychological safety you know, will be ejected from that group.
0: OK, good to know. Um, you mentioned there about about forthcoming content and questions to, yeah. to both of you. Do you want to pick uh, a highlight or two that, you know, is, is coming up within the first couple of months of of the of the community give us a a preview yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely and and you know in our in our early work i mean it's been been put together quite quickly this but right you know there was um some some user research um that that was done uh people said that the subject of sleep um and the impact of it upon performance was important um so we have a um professor who specializes in this subject who has done a lot of work on sleep uh, performance and hygiene within people in the military is is coming in not only to do a session that we're creating um, we're creating a set of content uh, to go with that that we'll make available and then um, also we know the subject of moral injury is starting to be discussed and I realized in my own experience that actually part of what really hurt was this sense of moral injury. Now, it's a massive spectrum, so we've got to be careful, you know, which area we tend we want to dig into, but whether it's a values breach, um, people being asked to make decisions they're not comfortable with or weren't trained for, or, you know, far end of the scale, sort of institutional betrayal, it's a really fascinating subject So I know sure. is going to generate some good discussion in how people relate to it.
0: Dan, what about you? Anything you'd want like to...
2: Uh... Highlight
0: that you're looking forward to, or
2: I was going to touch on what Tim just said about the moral injury. Yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Just, to be fair, when when Paul first mentioned it to me, I, I was a little bit like, what's moral injury? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a, it's a relatively new uh, phrase, if you like. It's certainly for me. um But like Tim just mentioned there very briefly, it's something that affects everyone, and it's something that some uh, quite often really because we d- we've never heard of it uh, uh, is dismissed. um So I'm really looking forward to that cause I think it could. Really resonate with quite a few people uh, who take part in the, in that particular session, with regards to what may be affecting them. Uh, I mean, obviously, like Tim mentioned there, the the sleep side of things, fatigue, huge area of interest in policing at the minute, uh, particularly in Cheshire with with new um, a new response shift pattern being set up. Um, we we slowly seeing the the effects of that, both good and bad. Um, but it's it's a really relevant area of business which again um is something that gets overlooked the importance the importance of it does anyway um and i know again from speaking to to, to paul um it's not just going to be about um what people would specifically consider to be a mental health subjects okay financial well-being is going to be another one um which we've spoke about often yeah and is a huge um a huge area of concern for us but but does have a, have a knock on with regards to mental health. So it's going to be wide ranging. It's going to, it's going to look at a number of different areas. And I think that's really, really important um, not to put all our eggs in one basket, okay. but to cover a range of of subjects that could affect a number of different people, which ultimately will draw more people in hopefully to the group right. and, and generate more conversation. Now, obviously from
0: the reading of the literature that you've done so far and, and look at the website, but also listening to what you guys have said today, it's fair to assume you you don't just want members to be passive here, you know, and you're not just getting guest speakers to, to talk to them and you're not talking at them. You want this to be an act, very much an active community yeah. and people to bring the whole point of, of peer support. You've queued this up. All bring their own experience and share that within this safe space that that you've created. So the next question is: Can you you want that active engagement you're setting up these things these workshops these topics of conversation but then you want people to run with it as as members of the community is that fair to say
1: yeah yeah absolutely you know we we, simply put we're facilitators here you know we know there's a need we're in a position where we can we can create the opportunity and uh, you know we can we can host it and we can facilitate the discussion and conversation we can put value in there and things that we know people need but but we we're going to be let's be honest and totally reliant on people bringing good energy like it there's going to be an individual discipline here around i'm here not just to receive i'm here to give and contribute um you know in a really respective, a respectful way um people conscious of their energy um we're here to support people you know of course there will be times um where people will, will drop something in there and, and and that will become the focus supporting an individual i, I it's it's absolutely got to serve that purpose i'm not sure how regularly that will happen because of yeah. course the other the other side of this is we're inviting people to come in and give their view on the future how we contribute from the bottom up how we can evolve you know the narrative um and, and come in with some sort of pioneering energy and ideation as well as you know the ability to provide support for each other so energy is really important
0: 100 that was going to be my next question actually can can people suggest things for you to, to cover in in future sessions will yeah, welcome, yeah. I'm sure
1: of course I think I think Paul's intention is to is to build in some sort of another clever buttonology thing where people <laughs> can can submit a specific question anonym, okay. anonymously if they want to get an answer um we could probably take that offline as well if we can't all answer things in the session but also we're we're you know forever open to taking suggestions of what do people want to hear what do they want to learn about what content do they need um know to push off um because i think you know as dan suggested we can can quite often make assumptions about what we think needs attention and what we don't and as soon as someone drops in a new bit of language like moral injury like what's that and you give them the summary like that is a thing i know what you're talking about so so having things to push off i think is important and and clearly you know getting the view of members on what that stuff should be i think is a really uh, key part of the foundations
0: Brilliant. I mean, I hope we've given listeners a, a clear idea of now what the peer community is, what its objectives are, and what you can expect if you decide to join after listening to this podcast or after visiting the website. Um, just to conclude this discussion, and, and I'm going to put this question to to both guests to give them their their kind of final say, what would your message be today or your takeaway today to those who are curious now that they've listened for the past 20, 25 minutes or so? Why should they join
2: and Dan, you kick off i think we've we've quite clearly highlighted the 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 great things that we're hoping to achieve uh with the the peer community i think the the beauty of this concept is this uh, and tim touched on it a minute ago it's there for the people involved to make it grow yeah that they are fundamental to, to the success of this and will play an important part in in its development as we move along i think uh, i don't think uh, i know there's nothing like this out there this what what tim's put in place here and what what elios are facilitating is a fantastic opportunity for people really to come together in a safe space we see it on twitter people talk about this on twitter and linkedin in the open Uh, and it it, it's not sanitized it can be quite dangerous for people um this provides a real safe opportunity as safe as it can be um i'd really encourage people to become involved in it even if they don't want to be completely involved from the beginning but to see what it's all about sure. see what they can take from it, what they can learn and perhaps as we move along what they can add to the discussion or, or what support they can gain or give and I, and I think really for me that's what it's all about and why people really should be looking at it thinking Do you know what this is an opportunity that i don't really want to miss Tim, do you want to add a concluding thought? Yeah,
1: thank you. I don't want to come across too poignant here, but I picked up this recently, and I think it's relevant. Um, and it was the realisation that we're actually only capable of understanding our thinking of today, and not our thinking of tomorrow. And I think it's it's really important that we we appreciate that you know, the thinking, the action taken, the opportunities that arise, they'll continue to evolve, and we can't at this stage necessarily predict, you know, what the peer community is going to evolve into, and, and what good. Um, it can do going forward so you know we'll get it off the ground we'll get across the start line as dan said you know let members you know contribute and energize it and and, and steer it to a certain extent in the direction it needs to go but yeah i'm very I'd like dan i'm very excited about seeing how how it plays out
0: that feels like an appropriate place to finish this episode i'd like to thank our guest, dan lever cheshire police federation's full-time well-being and equality lead and Elias partnership co founder Tim Rushmore for their insight and of course we wish them well with the launch of the emergency services peer community I should also share my appreciation to Jamie Thompson your branch chairman for producing this episode and also to Paul Sykes partnerships director at Elias for his assistance in planning this edition that just leads me to close with a reminder that you can contact the Cheshire Police Federation through its website which you'll find at cheshirepolfed.org.uk that's Cheshire cheshirepolfed or one word .org.uk there you'll find news about its latest work details of member services and information about the group insurance policy should you want to you can also listen to previous episodes of this podcast there too until next time it's goodbye from me